0: That movie sucked. I kind of liked it.
1: Movie Night Crew Network.
0: If I thought I could help you, Dumbledore said gently, by putting you into an enchanted sleep and allowing you to postpone the moment when you would have to think about what has happened tonight, I would do it. But I know better. Numbing the pain for a while will make it worse when you finally feel it. You have shown bravery beyond anything I could have expected of you. I ask you to demonstrate your courage, one more time. I ask you to tell us what happened. What's up, potheads? Welcome to the Restricted Section, a show in which a bunch of nerds with potty mouths reread the Harry Potter series for the umpteenth time and discuss the way the story and its themes have stayed with a generation into adulthood. Thank you for listening. If you haven't done the reading, don't worry, we've done it for you. Here's what we're talking about this week. Chapter 36, The Parting of the Ways. I'll be honest, this chapter was extremely hard to read. So after Harry repeats his story to Sirius, he gets to pass out in the hospital wing, but he is soon awoken by a loud shouting match. McGonagall is absolutely livid because Cornelius Fudge has accidentally let a Dementor perform the Dementor's Kiss on Barty Crouch Jr., so he he's just like a zombie now. So he can no longer testify to any of what he said and fudge did not get to hear his confession so fudge flat out refuses to see how the points of this story all connect he completely turns a deaf ear to reason um and dumbledore lays out a harm reduction plan for him he just lays it out right before him but fudge turns his nose up at it he really thinks they're all mad he thinks this is political (laughs) and he's too self-obsessed to see He simply cannot see reason. So Dumbledore sets everyone else up for action. He sends Bill to get Arthur and see who they can speak to at the ministry. He makes Sirius and Snape bury the hatchet. He sends Sirius to gather up the old Order of the Phoenix. He sends Snape, I think, to Voldemort's side, a spy again. Um, And the good guys are split up now. And I just can't stop thinking about how... The next three books might have been different if Fudge had just had some sense, if he'd had some compassion, if he'd given the benefit of the doubt, if he'd taken any action, and you know, just how could our future be changed if all of the old white men in charge were willing to put themselves out there to protect our world and our people? Welcome to the Restricted section. Oh, fudge, I forgot to write an intro. Oh, well.
1: I wish you could hear eye rolls.
0: (laughs) Uh, I'm very satisfied with that one. Um, I'm your host, Christina. I wrote that into my script because I realized just a couple episodes ago that I have not been introducing myself or saying my own name (laughs) in pretty much any episode this whole season. So I write it in my scripts now. I'm your host, Christina. (laughs) I am feeling pretty combative today, and here to help me say fuck the Minister of Magic is none other than the beautiful Brooke. Please say hello to the listeners, Brooke.
1: Hello. Fuck you to the Minister of Magic.
0: Yeah. Yeah, down with the man. In,
1: in, but like in a formal way. Like, Christina came <laughs> through with the hippie fuck you power. I'm coming through with the with the respectfully at the end of the email fuck you power.
0: <laughs> <laughs> I love that energy. I am super excited because today we have some brand new special guests, Sam and Emily from Harry Potter and the Half Drunk Podcast. Oh, 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 hi! Hey, uh, say hello to the listeners, Sam. Hi, I'm Sam. Thanks for having me on your podcast. <laughs> nice. It's good to do that little like um. So now, so now the listeners know which is which, you know. So that's Sam. And Sam, what are your pronouns, please? Uh, she/her. Say hello to the listeners, Emily.
2: Hello, listeners. And what
0: are your pronouns? She, her. Thanks so much for being on the show. It's great to have you. We, when I saw the title Harry Potter and the Half Drunk Podcast, I just had to click on it. Um, because time on
1: brand currently and already half drunk as a welcoming gesture. <laughs> She's been aggressively waving a beer bottle at the screen.
0: <laughs> so here's what happens is I... Cover my screen with my notes because otherwise I stare at my face like Narcissus until I drown. Um, So I didn't know really that I was waving that around in like camera sight. (laughs) I'm gesturing. And suffice it to say that half Corona does not equal half drunk. Thank you so much.
1: (laughs) You're gesturing with that bottle in such a way that I'm half expecting you to just break it on your desk.
0: (laughs) I would not be surprised. I'll be sure not to edit that sound bite out if that happens. Uh, that's for the listeners.
1: We just add it in later. At the end, just like a bottle breaking.
0: So Sam and or Emily, and the reason I'm saying your names in this order is because that's how you appear on my Zoom screen. Can one or both of you tell us a little bit about your podcast?
2: Yeah. So our podcast started almost four years ago, which Damn. is insane.
3: Yeah.
0: I'm yeah. looking old. We're feeling it.
2: When We're feeling it. four
3: years ago was...
2: As a way for Mm. us to kind of continue talking about Harry Potter together, since we are in a long-distance friendship, and also drink together since we were of age. So we started it just really as that, and it has just kind of developed over the years. We just talk about random Harry Potter-isms, random topics, right now we're kind of in the depths of a fan fiction, um, All the Young Dudes. We did yeah, hell yeah. Um, some series recap where we did a deep dive into the series and films.
3: But we also wanted to be able to differentiate ourselves um, because there are like so many Harry Potter podcasts, Truly. and it's great. We love all the content, but we didn't want to just like go through chapter by chapter, and I hadn't really seen any other podcasts that weren't yeah. doing that. So we're like, would there be enough conversation to be had, not doing that? And I'm like, well, it's a huge, wide mm-hmm. Wizarding world. Totally. So, There's sure. a lot of floor. Here we are. Yeah, I
0: love that. Um, you know, when I was catching up on y'all's podcast a little bit, it's really cool to just be able to like scroll it. Like, you don't have to go in any order. Like, you just scroll through the feed until you find a subject that you're like, oh, I want to talk about this today. Yeah. So love mm-hmm.
2: it. Yeah, mm-hmm. I think, you know, neither one of us knew how long it would last. Uh, it was just kind of like a fun thing for us to do together. and it, Ooh, like,
0: th- That's the other difference to yeah. a book club podcast is that we're shackled to this timeline. <laughs> yeah. There's no escaping.
1: <laughs> Christina reminds us of that. Like four years later, we, st- <laughs> we still have shit to talk about.
3: So, yeah. Yeah,
0: that's so cool.
3: And we still have people who are just finding our podcast and are like, oh, I've got to catch up, but then I can't wait to keep listening. And we're like, well,
0: yep, we're just going to have to figure out how <laughs> yeah. to keep talking about it. so <laughs> Always more content. Yeah. Um, you got it. Luckily, this is such a vast world. So do y'all have like a shared or a separate or a, a eventually intertwining uh, Harry Potter histories? Like how long have y'all been friends as long as you've been fans or which uh, fans first? first. Friends, second, so So Sam, why don't you tell me about your Harry Potter history?
3: Yeah, I started reading the books, I think I was in like third grade or so. And honestly, I was not a big reader before then. My mom was a teacher and she had me taking like the remedial reading classes when everyone else was at recess. I was like working with Mrs. Pageant, reading like Sam sat on the mat and Well, did you
0: not get to go to recess?
3: Uh, like two times a week I had to read (gasps) instead of go to recess. That's mean. Yeah, well.
0: You earned that break time.
3: (laughs) So, I just, I, and it's not that I couldn't, I just hated it. Um, and I would have rather been running around on the playground chasing people or getting chased. (laughs) But then I started reading Harry Potter and it just kind of sparked my love of reading and obviously I still love Harry Potter to this day. It's very near and dear to me and read the books countless times. Went and saw the movies when they all came out and I think I had seen the first two films before I had read the first book. Um, And then Emily and I met our freshman year of high school and we realized pretty quickly that we both were equal to each other in love of Harry Potter. And that just kind of solidified our relationship. Yeah.
0: Nice. I love that. So Emily, did you have a similar backstory of getting into the books as a kid? Well, my
2: dad is a big old nerd. So and we used to read together every night. So we got to the Harry Potter series. And at first, I did not want to read it. Uh, I don't know why, I think because my brother was into it at the time or something. And then we finally read it together and it was just something like we really connected on. And then I dealt with a lot of things like as an adolescent and just always returned to those books. uh, as kind of just an outlet and a safe home, if you will. So yeah, these books are like really near and dear to me. I can remember like going to the theater with my grandmother to see the first Harry Potter film, and, like, that was a huge deal because she never really took us to the movies, but Cute. she heard we had to see this one. So, yeah, I mean, Harry Potter was just always around when I was growing up because my dad loved the books, mm-hmm. and then I met Sam, and, yeah, we hit it off, and then, actually, like, the Wizarding World in Orlando opened our freshman year, like, the end of it, so we'd only been friends for, like,
0: mm-hmm, the summer, not
2: right? even a year, and we went on a vacation together for opening week, <laughs> so...
0: I love yeah. that energy. That's so cool, man. I'm just thinking about how my grandma, because you said your grandma took you to see Sorcerer's Stone. My grandma like has never been able to hear accents. She's just such an old Southern lady that she's like, "What are they saying?" If like it's it's Johnny Depp, like it's not that even that good of an accent. She can't watch Pirates of the Caribbean. She can't watch Harry <laughs> Potter. That's for damn sure. Yeah, what are they I don't saying? even know
2: if she like remembers that to be honest. But to me, it was just Aww. so cool because. We never really went to the movies with her. And she was like, I just heard from all the girls at the office. I had to take you guys to see this movie. So. <laughs> oh, yeah. That's precious. She's that is really
0: precious. So, Emily, what Hogwarts house are you?
2: I'm a Ravenclaw.
0: Okay, cool. Any, like, particular reason or just, like, books and learning and stuff?
2: Books and learning and the creativity side, for sure. Yeah. I'm an interior designer. Ooh. So, yeah. And for their wit, I like how different
0: they kind of are. Sam, what about you? What Hogwarts house are you?
3: I am a Hufflepuff. Nice. I fought against it for a long time, fought against my identity. I'm also a type four on the Enneagram, so I don't know if you guys know what that is. But fours are constantly trying to figure out who the fuck they are. So, um, I feel like I could fit into any four of the houses. That's why
0: you're in the miscellaneous house.
3: <laughs> yeah, my boyfriend thinks that I should be in Gryffindor because I am very uh, strong willed. But mm-hmm. um, yeah, I think I, I have strong Gryffindor undertones to my Hufflepuffness. But I think I'm in Hufflepuff mainly because I just want everyone to get along and love each other. I'm a hard worker believe in fairness yeah. above like almost anything so
0: well cool okay so we have two ravenclaws and two hufflepuffs on this call that's a balanced match right there like we got this this is gonna be a great episode <laughs> let's get into the chapter oh i have two notes for myself here J- just i'm trying to get better about this kind of stuff happy freaking mother's day to molly weasley and all the other moms <laughs> oh, yeah, out there yeah. and
3: rip to cedric's mom oh my god oh. <laughs>
1: as a terrible development in my life and emotional capacity i've started crying at mother's day commercials (laughs) um for context i am 20 weeks pregnant
0: (laughs) (laughs) oh beautiful no no context no (laughs) well i
2: am 32 weeks pregnant so (gasps) congratulations congrats to you
0: we're a balanced match we (laughs) the ravenclaws are pregnant (laughs) (laughs) Um, happy Mother's Day. Brooke, try not to cry at me. <laughs> like
1: I almost cried reading about a potion that lets you have immediate dreamless sleep. You have no idea how fucking good that sounds at this point. Oh, my God.
2: <laughs> or just immediate sleep. Just immediate sleep. Just full through the night sleep would be great.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: Also, happy Asian American and Pacific Islander Heritage Month. Mm-hmm. I remembered something eventually. Watch me try my best to remember pride next month. So let's get into it. Today, we're here to cover Harry Potter and the Goblet of Fire, Chapter 36, The Parting of the Ways. And I would like to start by saying that I find this to truly be the scariest chapter in the entire series because it's about the government failing, <laughs> like, honest, intelligent people who are trying to make good stuff happen.
3: Yeah, um, this, is, um, this chapter is honestly one of my favorites of the entire series just because of the dialogue between... Yeah. Dumbledore and Fudge and you just see how far off base Fudge actually is and to your point that is terrifying because I feel like it's also like a political commentary on the priorities of a lot of leaders in the world they're more interested in saving face and preserving peace than they are of doing what's right and not easy
2: I think also one reason I really like this chapter is we see a lot of the development between Dumbledore and Harry and how Dumbledore's kind of, like, starting to use Harry and read his mind and use him as a pawn a bit more. At least when I reread it, that's what stands out to me the most, just knowing it eventually how the story ends up. Yeah. Just the fact that he just makes him talk through everything immediately and he's just, like, listening there. Um, and he's like, no, he's fine, he's fine.
0: Yeah.
3: But Harry's also realizing how fucking powerful Dumbledore is. Oh, yeah, for sure. In the chapter before and in this chapter, he's like, Dumbledore exudes straight power.
0: I think it's because, like, even in moments of, like, turmoil or whatever, like, so far, Harry hasn't seen Dumbledore get mad. And, like, he's Mm -hmm. fucking mad, dude. Like, he did not see any of this coming. He didn't figure out how to prevent it in time and, like he's mad that people did this to his people and you know him, you know him and like the school he's trying to run here
3: right he's like mad I and mean, he's also just i think he's so mad at himself that he yeah. didn't figure Ooh, it yeah. out fast enough because he was just like it was brilliant it was like simple brilliance yeah. this plan that barty Crouch jr put together and it was under my crooked nose this entire fucking time, and I did not see it. I could not figure it out fast enough. I knew as soon as he took you out of my sight, but damn it, I should have acted faster, yeah, so I feel like he is placing a lot of like blame and guilt on himself as well, but Absolutely. mainly, I think his anger in this chapter specifically is obviously directed at Fudge and should be.
0: yeah, it's like I feel like they were like pretty much friends, and he's like learning something deal-breaking about a friend right now it's like learning that your friend I don't know man I don't even want to say like something terrible that your friend might your friend's a pedophile or like something that's just like you are ruined to me you know it's literally finding out your friend is a
1: Nazi online without telling you yeah
0: like that like that like that it's like whoa this changes the context of everything and you acted like you were cool to me
3: I feel like they may not have even been friends, but just like had a mutual respect, mutual understanding. Maybe like a coworker At that least. you're like kind of cool with. Yeah. yeah. And then they're like, I don't know. I'm saying like hashtag Black Lives Matter, and they're like, Well, all lives matter. I'm like, yeah. Well, that is just not <laughs> correct, and we're just gonna have to like not agree on that. I'm gonna do my thing, yeah. and y- you're gonna do your thing, but I'm gonna do what's best for me, and, and that's what
0: enemies.
3: Dumbledore does. And it's like, well, you
1: know, you can't stop me, bro. So. I think the other really important thing that this chapter as a whole does is that it really sets the fact that the tone is going to be here for the rest of the series. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. In in previous books, any t- by the time we make it through the Dumbledore Explains It All chapter and we're in the hospital wing, everything's fine. There's a note of levity introduced, like we're back to kind of uh, an earwax. equilibrium. yeah. We're back to a positive equi- equilibrium. We're back to like the kind of like whimsical nature that's been pulling the series this far,
0: and We've in- like reset for the next year shenanigans.
1: And instead, this chapter's like, it's like, hey, buddy, you're safe, you're safe. Um, but the government thinks you're a secret agent. No one really believes you, and um, we're gonna have to rally the troops, bud, because we're gonna have to start fighting people for real, for real. So you get some sleep,
0: dude. Yeah, honestly. So this is the penultimate chapter of this book. The next chapter. It's the end of the book, so it's boring. It's got a funeral in it, like a boring funeral. And it's so depressing. It's like, well, I guess let's go home and try not to get murdered by Lord Voldemort. And it's the most yeah. depressing, boring chapter ever. And so I'm bringing back a fan favorite as a guest <laughs> for that next. I was, I was like, I can't do this to a new guest. I can't, I can't make someone cool do this. It has to be a personal friend to <laughs> endure this with me. <laughs> so stay tuned. So we have just finished the Barty Crouch Jr. Veritaserum confession. (coughs) Two part confession. So Dumbledore binds up Barty Crouch and asks McGonagall to stand guard. And McGonagall is fierce. She's upset. But when she raises her wand at Barty Crouch, her hand is quite steady. Mm.
2: She's a bad bitch. I (laughs) love her so much.
0: Yeah, I really love every moment of her in this chapter. She doesn't really do anything, but well, she does it
2: all without doing anything.
0: <laughs> I love hearing her scream and in like a that sounded like something a serial killer would say. Like I just love, I love that she's yelling later.
3: Well, it's like Fudge tried to like I don't know throw her under the bus yeah. and be, and Dumbledore's like, what
0: the fuck? I told you to stand guard, and she's like, well, yeah. he fucking brought a Dementor in here. <laughs> For sure. So, Dumbledore then asks Snape to bring Madame Pomfrey to come help him with the real Mad Eye Moody, who's like been held prisoner at the bottom of that chest.
1: And he also sends someone to go and retrieve a dog from a dog. Hagrid's hut. Who does he send on dog quest?
0: Okay, so in the last chapter, he sent McGonagall and Snape on errands, and really? that was when McGon—it was like. Mechanical, please if you would go down to Hagrid's hut and you will find a large black dog in the pumpkin patch. Please take him up to my office, tell him I'll be with him shortly.
1: It's it's truly a thing where it's like he does this like like general commander in the tent like giving directions things mm-hmm. like five times in like two chapters.
0: Yeah, he's the only person in charge of anything. When Cedric and Harry came back on the Porky, all Cornelius Fudge the president of magic did was scream about how there was a dead child to a panicking crowd
1: (laughs) I mean these in this entire set of chapters is just like let's drill into trauma response like (laughs) uh
0: yeah for sure uh evocative Uh, Snape's also supposed to go get Fudge to come hear like the confession himself so then Dumbledore supports Harry up to his office to meet Sirius Black and like what I think what a relief for Harry in this moment to just be like alone with two of, like, the people he trusts most in the world to, like, protect him. Dumbledore and Sirius.
2: Yeah, I've always loved that Sirius is here, and I've always loved the aspect that, like, Dumbledore, like, brought him up so they could have this moment together. Yeah. Especially while he knows Harry's... He's gonna make Harry tell him everything that happened immediately. Mm -hmm. So he's like, you're gonna need some support. He usually would have Ron or Hermione, but they don't need to hear this, because, you know, they just don't need to. But Sirius can handle it and I think it's like good for him to also have his you know father figure so to speak in the room with him while he's diverging divulging this
0: at the same time I wonder if Dumbledore was like well I'm for sure gonna need Sirius to go do some work after this with the whole order of the phoenix thing so maybe he needs to hear the whole story
2: I mean I'm sure I'm sure but I think also he was like I need Harry to have some kind of comfort because he's about to see me in a different role yeah And I'm not going to be like the comforting grandfather. I'm going to be like, what the hell happened? Mm
1: -hmm. I think also it's potentially a thing where it's like you can't question a minor without their legal guardian
0: present. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, good call. Yeah, that's a good call.
1: Like, I think there's an (laughs) element of that where it's like, serious. We all know you're technically, hypothetically, legally responsible for this kid. Um, So maybe just be here while I'm laying out some stuff. You know what I mean? But I also feel like Dumbledore is
3: everyone's guardian whenever they're at his school. Like, he's the headmaster, so... I just
0: wish he guarded them better. (laughs) I think he probably questions them whenever he pleases. (laughs) Yeah, it's true. Dumbledore shares what Barty Crouch just said with Sirius. And then Dumbledore asks Harry to describe what happened in the graveyard. And Harry, straight up, Harry is like, I do not know that I have the strength. And then Fox the Phoenix, I say Fox the Phoenix, so you don't think I'm saying F-O-X, sings like one beautiful note that like gives him inspiration (laughs) to tell his tale. It's bardic inspiration.
1: (laughs) The whole concept of Fox is just wild. Like, here's the thing. I get on George R.R. Martin all the time for inventing random characters when he can't remember that there's a character there to do the task. (laughs) Fox sounds like the opposite situation where the author is just literally going through being like, I oh, I need a phoenix, oh, I I need healing. Oh, I need a, a phoenix phoenix tail feather. So it's it's just this one phoenix. It's the I only need a sword. phoenix. Yeah. It's the only phoenix. It's just like every time the author needs something phoenix adjacent. <laughs> it's just like, oh yeah, 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 toss toss Fox back in there.
3: <laughs> I love him though. Him, I don't know if Fox is a I think male Fox is or- a
0: dude. I yeah. So. I
3: I mean, he's just so comforting. The way he just kind of like looks at Harry and just kind of quietly cries on him to heal him. For sure.
0: Him. He <laughs> is super cool and he would be a great relief after a dramatic break like this. Yeah. But um he is it is a little uh too easy. It's like, "Oh, your broken leg is fixed now, dude. Congrats."
1: Not like broken yeah. spider pincer mangled.
0: Yeah, there's right. a lot of like conflicting language about how injured Harry is. He like talks about spraining it, and then at some point he's like, "It's for sure broken, and he can't put any weight on it." But then it does also get mangled by a spider. So, but then, is him getting picked up by the spider a movie memory, or is that a real memory?
1: No, th- that's a book? real memory. He gets picked yeah, up by the spider. in the book. And it gets mauled a little bit, and then the spider drops him, because Cedric attacks it, and Mm. he breaks his leg on landing.
0: Okay, I remember, I remember. And then
1: he gets some, like, cool, like, mom lifting a car off a kid's strength in the graveyard, where he's like, I've got a task to do, and the adrenaline kind of carries him through. Oh, yeah. At this point, the adrenaline's gone, and you're just, like, sitting alone in a room, and you've pissed yourself.
3: (laughs) Yeah. Yeah, Yeah, like, he's just... (laughs) fucking beat up i think he says every bone in his body aches and yeah. he's just like i he, just I, I really feel like he feels
0: this. old for the first time ever in this moment you know he's like oh god 14 i can't believe i made it this far
3: <laughs> yeah <laughs> he's just kind of like mumbling like that's the yeah. language that we're hearing he's like mumbling like
1: slowly just like Ugh. i do like the way that it's written in this moment because it's like he starts abbreviating word you know like you get like Mm -hmm. low fox instead of like hello you know what i mean like that exhaustion is written into it
0: okay so when harry gets to the part where their wands docked him and voldemort did some wand docking (laughs) he is describing what happened with like the bright light and the uh, phoenix song i'm pretty sure straight up it's like a warbling note
1: And then Dumbledore's like, allow me to explain what the title of the last chapter was about.
0: Yeah, yeah, exactly. (laughs) (laughs) Convenient, like, plot stuff. Uh, Like, the two sibling wands will not act properly against each other. It's the kind of thing that's so much cooler to watch than it is to, like, hear explained. Like, when it's explained, it's like, but why? Why did it move them to an empty field for a dramatic showdown?
1: Yeah, it also is one of those things where it's like, if this is just, like, a known effective sibling wands... I don't know. You you feel like you would try real hard to not have that happen to you if you had a nemesis
0: per se. <laughs> Ollivander's like, this will be so funny someday. Literally.
3: Did Voldemort know about the connection before this?
1: No. Though? Dumbledore no, right. and Ollivander did. And
0: right. they told no one because Dumbledore tells no one.
1: Because then it wouldn't. Be dramatic, <laughs> and in
0: this situation,
3: it worked out to help him because You're Harry right at least got away. But yeah, so I'm like, well, now Voldemort knows. So obviously, he's like, "What
1: just happened there? We can't be having that again." But we still to the library. Said Voldemort. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> <laughs> How often do we think brother wands happen in the Harry Potter universe?
0: Well, here's the thing: the, it's it's like the cores, and the cores are like these sort of obscure parts of from magical creatures like dragon heartstring, unicorn hair, or phoenix feather. And as you mentioned, there's only one phoenix in this world. So, like, it's probably pretty fucking hard to get, like, a unicorn hair. So you would take, like, 15, you know?
1: So you feel like there's, like, a lot. It's like how probably you move through the whole world and your electronic car key never unlocks another car, but it is technically possible.
2: Yeah, I think, though, this one was different because the phoenix that produced the feather, obviously, fox only produced two.
3: He only gave two, yeah.
2: You know, they're obviously linked through the prophecy, and I think it was just another way that they were linked.
0: Maybe the sibling wand thing is, like, more potent for them because it's not, like, spread amongst 15 different unicorn hairs.
2: Yeah, and they're already linked in so many different ways. I think it only would make sense for their cores to also be linked.
3: Well, their cores
1: and their bodies are linked, so... Why not link their wands? It just feels like if you wanted some like extra death eater protection, you could like go to Ollivander and be like, "Hey, yo, you got another unicorn hair wand with like a <laughs> Bellatrix match cuz that bitch is after me." <laughs>
0: Oh whoa! Yeah, you know he'd
1: remember too. Like maybe there's a premium price, premium price on sibling ones.
0: (laughs) (laughs) But I also feel like when they're talking about Priori and Cantatum in this way, like they they almost feel like they're like oh, like the legend says, like this only happens once in a Mm -hmm. bajillion years. Like it seems like it's not something that is Mm -hmm. well known or happens all the time.
1: I mean, I don't know. Literally, Dumbledore mentions it, and Sirius is immediately like the reverse spell effect, Uh, of course. Like, Sirius isn't an intellectual.
0: <laughs> it's also an intentional spell. If you'll remember at the Quitch World Cup, they did Priori and Katatum as, oh, like, an yeah. intentional okay. spell on...
3: On Harry's so, wand, yeah.
0: Yeah, so maybe he's just like, this is what I learned in school. <laughs> or
3: you could theorize that it is, like, a theoretical thing for whenever, like, wizards are dueling and their wands link that, you know, doesn't really happen very often. So he's heard of it, but he's never seen it happen.
0: Right. Yeah, (laughs) I'm imagining some like whiny wizard being like, our wants must be siblings, because otherwise I'd be (laughs) beating you right now. Like when your little brother's like, I got the broken GameCube controller, and that's why I'm losing. For
3: me, it's the wind was blowing. So my basketball shot definitely Mm -hmm. that was what it was.
0: (laughs) (laughs) Classic. So Dumbledore's like, all right, bro, you've done enough today, frankly. Let's go have a sleeping potion in the hospital wing. And Sirius Black is permitted to stay with Harry in dog form. So they go up to the hospital wing where Mrs. Weasley, Bill, Ron, and Hermione are all waiting, very extremely concerned. So Dumbledore's like, y'all can all stay. All y'all can stay. But don't fucking speak to him because he has had a lot (laughs) going on today. Um, Harry sees Mad Eye Moody, the real one, in a distant hospital wing. Um, he is unconscious and his body parts aren't attached to him. But <laughs> I guess he'll be okay. <laughs> it's,
1: it's just such a brutal way to <laughs> recover. It's also just wild to me because I feel like in later books, he and Harry just continues on like, "Oh yeah, I I know you," and Moody's like, "I guess I'm just not going to question this because it must be really confusing <laughs> sure. for you." <laughs> but I feel like they never actually build a bond. It's just assumed because they had one magical year where he was locked in a trunk.
0: It's so true. But also he becomes the chosen one. So it's like everyone knows Harry fucking Potter. And Harry feels like he knows Mad-Eye Moody. So it works out.
1: I just really wish that at like some point in later books, Harry was like, oh, like, yeah, these are your favorite cupcakes right and moody was like uh you're having a crouch memory but <laughs> yeah
3: that must have been your other moody that you did that with
0: <laughs> <laughs> like remember when you told me that story from that one time in college and maddie moody's like no no that no, wasn't me no recollection like when i bring up a story to my husband and i'm like remember when we did this thing and he's like that was a earlier boyfriend exactly <laughs> <laughs> and i'm like well it was a great story i'm gonna tell it anyway <laughs> So everyone gathers around Harry in his bed. I mean, it's bad, dude. He's like, I <laughs> would love to be asleep immediately. So they make him asleep immediately.
1: Dreamless immediate sleep. Once again, I just really need to go into how nice that <laughs> sounds.
0: Dude, I'm just happy literally for the first time ever. I'm just happy that he's unconscious at this point. <laughs> every, every other time he's fallen unconscious, I'm like, hey, man, you need to get it together. But right now I'm like, dude, go to sleep. I, I don't know. I've been taking too many sleeping
1: pills and <laughs> recently. But, Aww. like, I immediately was just like, I wonder how addictive this is. Like, I could see people, like, getting hooked on the, the dreamless sleep and needing it to go to yeah. bed. Especially you get, like, someone like a moody character, like a deeply traumatized or you feel like this would probably be a pretty in-demand thing to be able to make happen.
0: Dude. There's people out there who can't fall asleep without getting stoned first. Um, I'm not one of those people, but a lot of weed smokers when they like quit after a long time smoking weed, they start having really vivid dreams. It's like a it's like a dream suppressant kind of to like smoke weed. And it's like it's like a terrible part of like quitting weed is like the crazy dreams. Pregnancy
1: also ratchets up your dreams. That's one of those super fun side effects.
0: I wonder if it's just something that happens anytime you know, because you know, fever dreams are a thing too. I wonder if any time your body is like experiencing just the slightest of shifts, it's like red alert. It's just doing a lot.
1: No, they're
2: like wild, dude. They're they're the wildest dreams I've ever had in my entire life.
0: Whoa, that's yeah. bonkers.
2: And you're already tired, but then you wake up and you're like, "Was I just in an action film?" Like I, mm-hmm. are you, I'm exhausted. Are you
0: two okay? <laughs> no, yes, right. We're not. No,
1: once again. I say it all the time. Pregnancy is body horror, and you shouldn't do it unless you're 100% sure.
0: Man, I wish you guys could high five right now. (laughs) Yeah. uh, Okay, so, like, how do I move off the pregnancy angle? (laughs) Harry Potter is asleep in the hospital wing, and he awakes to shouting because Professor Minerva Minnie McGonagall is absolutely screaming at the president of magic. He deserves
1: it. I love it. I hate why it's happening.
0: Harry has never seen her like this. Like, she's got blotches on her face. Like, she's screaming. She's fucking mad, dude. You do not want to be on the receiving end of this. Fudge isn't strong enough for this.
1: Well, it's also like Emily brought up earlier it's like, it's his first time seeing Dumbledore mad. And it's also his first time seeing McGonagall like mad,
0: mad. Yeah, instead of just like stern.
1: Yeah. Yeah, he's definitely seeing like new
2: sides to his professors that he's not seen before and new sides to, like, life that he's not seen before, too. Because yeah. we'll get there, but, like, when Fudge starts, like, talking shit about him in front of him and he's like...
0: <laughs> Bro. <laughs>
1: well, it's it's really, like, one of those turns that does happen around this age where it's like, hey, you're 14 now. Um, the adults in your life are people. Okay,
0: bye. What a truly traumatizing revelation. You're like, I am... there. They're no better than me, they're just older. <laughs> Damn it. Yeah. I <laughs> no thought they knows. were in
3: charge. Yeah, I think also that they have this like emotion under their anger too, like they're shaken to their core because a kid just came back dead. And they're like Yeah. They're all just like reacting. And so he's seeing just like these pure reactions and emotions from leaders in his life and people that make him feel safe as a child at a school. And he's like, wait, they don't have their shit together anymore. So the shit is just
0: not together at all. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, so uh, I almost said Professor Fudge. As if. as if. Professor McGonagall and Fudge and Dumbledore are like all standing around screaming at each other. Apparently, Cornelius Fudge brought a Dementor with him to question Barty Crouch. Okay, first of all, where did he get a Dementor from?
3: Just brought him from Azkaban.
2: He's just a little bitch. He's too scared. He's like, "Mm, I need this bodyguard.
0: (laughs) He had to, like, send for a Dementor from Azkaban after the third task.
1: Mm -hmm. Do you think, I mean, okay, (laughs) did he express ship a Dementor? Because it's it's also one of those things where it's like, it wouldn't have just been after the third task. It would have been immediately after Cedric turned up dead, right? Yeah, yeah. And then he takes him out, I don't know. I wonder if you can
3: apparate with a Dementor. Can you, like, just go get one, take it with you? You can't apparate within the Hogwarts grounds, Yeah, though. he would have
0: to, like, walk to You'd have to, like, to like go down to the
3: gate and apparate away and get it or send somebody to do it.
1: Was it, like, one Dementor's time off and he was just having a lovely weekend in Hogsmeade?
0: <laughs> it's like when cops are like, no, I'm in the neighborhood. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Yeah, because isn't Azkaban in the Black Sea, or am I misremembering that? So it's not even, like, near the UK, I don't think. No, it is not. Where is Azkaban? Not Azkaban. I feel like
1: maybe Baltic Sea.
0: Oh, it's the North Sea. Okay, wait, now which one's the North Sea? Oh, it's the one in the North (laughs) And then I op- tried to open maps, and then now it's like Google Maps. Where is Azkaban?
1: <laughs> and Google Maps is like, oh,
0: <laughs> apparently there's um a dog shelter called Azkaban Canines, just in case anyone was wondering. Oh, why? <laughs> it's the worst thing I've ever heard. Yeah, maybe good. it's a pound. I didn't really look into it that hard.
1: No, th- there's not a way to recover that <laughs> statement, dude. <laughs> It's bad no matter what. There's dogs in Azkaban. I'm going to
0: think that they're being mistreated. <laughs> We're not going to look any farther into that. So in theory, <clears throat> in theory, I take it back, Azkaban could actually be quite near Hogwarts. Seems like a bad place to keep Azkaban. But the North Sea is right there where Scotland is. So
1: I just feel like there's got to be... Like, a checkout procedure, surely, for (laughs) borrowing a Dementor. I mean, not when you're the Minister of
3: Magic, and he probably just, like, has them on call. Like, he probably has a person on his staff that he just gives a nod with his bowler hat, and they know, oh, gotta go get a Dementor, dementor you know? Dementor guy? I'm the Dementor guy.
1: (laughs) (laughs) The Dementor wrangler? Or
3: perhaps he just keeps them close, and, like, nobody knows. Like, he could just break the laws, if it is a law. I'm not sure if it actually is a law. You just likes, like, go hang out in Hogsmeade in the shadows, and if I need you, I'll summon you.
0: Good. That's creepy. Dementors in the shadows, where you don't expect them as, like, the creepiest thing. Okay, so anyway, when brought in the pers- proximity of Barty Crouch Jr., the Dementor simply could not control itself, <laughs> and it just had to kiss him immediately. It's <laughs> too delicious. too sucking. Yeah. <laughs>
1: I can understand the Dementors drive here. I think we've all been in a situation (laughs) where you're just like zero to a hundred. This is going down right now.
0: Dude, if I saw if I just had David Tennant like that, sure. Sure. (laughs) sure i'd kiss (laughs) them.
3: for me it's just like walking into a mexican restaurant and like diving into a bowl of queso yeah like that's the (laughs) one thing that i probably have no restraint see this will be me after birth
2: with like a bottle of pinot grigio like it'll just be like beeline for it won't even think
1: (laughs) it's gonna be me with a sushi platter
2: oh yeah girl same
1: I'm having my husband keep one in the fridge in like the couple of weeks leading up to potential due date, so that I can eat it at the hospital.
0: <laughs> wow. Oh my god, that's very cute. <laughs> Love that. So the Dementor performed the Dementors' kiss. So Bar- Barty Crouch has had his soul sucked out through his mouth, um, and he's worse than dead now. He's just a husk. And Fudge is like, who the fuck cares? He's insane. And.
1: Dumbledore's like, I don't know, man. Trial testimony, like, who evidence. the fuck are you? How yeah. did you get this job,
0: dude? The first time that Barty Crouch Jr. got convicted, he also didn't get. They lit in his trial. It was like, well, there's no evidence for this, but you seem like you're not very sorry to be caught. So <laughs> we're sending you. And Barty Crouch Senior's like, I don't even know who this guy is. So send him to jail. Like, there, this justice system is nonsense.
1: I mean, yeah. to be fair, we've seen that before, you know, with, like, the whole blowing up Aunt Marge thing where they're just like, ooh, looks like you're expelled and everything's awful. And then the minister just gets to swoop in and be like, ah, it's like.
0: <laughs> <laughs> We're just happy that you're okay.
1: Right. And then a couple bucks later, he's on
3: full blown trial for using expectant yeah. patronum. It's like, yeah. they just pick and choose which laws they're going to follow and which trials they're going to have which for sure you know could also be a commentary so
1: it also feels like they need a second less intense prison
0: yeah, yeah. for a jail <laughs> a jail like a cool regular jail with just regular guys
1: because like what do you do to someone who like i don't know stole like a box of chocolate frogs <laughs> you send them that <laughs> whole ass azkaban
0: azkaban well harry when he did magic Wait, I don't I don't remember like when exactly, but at some point he's like, they're going to send me to Azkaban. Maybe it was when he like, oh, the Aunt Marge. Thing. Yeah,
1: I think that's him freaking out as a kid. I feel like for a lot of things, you're like, you've got three options. They either like take your wand and you're fucked. You go to Azkaban or like, I guess you pay a fine. Like, I don't think the wizarding world has mm-hmm. a lot of different types of punishment.
0: Do they have capital punishment?
1: I think the closest to capital punishment oh, the kiss. is, it's is it's the, the Dementor's, Dementor's kiss. kiss.
0: Okay, but here's what I don't understand, and I'm so sorry to do this, but why keep the body? Why not just kill a person if it's a fate worse than death? Like, what are we doing here? So
1: it kind of feels to me like this is one of those, like, thinly veiled real-world arguments of, like, it's better to keep someone in solitary confinement for the rest of their life than doing the death penalty. Like, I think it's the same argument. I'm not going to comment one way (laughs) Or the other on that it's just like i think it's meant to be analogous to like the the concept of like well we can't kill someone so we should just let them rot in prison you know what i mean right but then
3: i think you're faced with the other reality of bodies take up space in a prison and a prison only has a finite amount of space so we're wasting our resources and our money to keep these people in here so to that point i was like well if you're, they're going to stay in here forever anyways. like There's no getting out. They're going to die here.
0: You know what would probably help this issue? Is if you gave people in your magical universe fair trials. And then maybe Correct. some of them are innocent. Yeah. And they don't have to go and to Azkaban. And people could get sure. out without dying one way or the other.
1: But <laughs> Well, also there's a lot of weirdness around like going to Azkaban but not getting kissed. I don't know why <laughs> that sounds better.
0: That's got to be... I That's... <laughs> There's a porno name in there. I know there is.
3: (laughs) But either way, it's like it's assumed that you're going to be driven mad because like Sirius said that almost everyone in there was mad. And the only way that he didn't A, die or B, go crazy was because he would just become a dog. So
0: I don't know. That's got me wondering, like, I've never it's never occurred to me before. But like, what if when Bellatrix went in, she was like, pretty cool. Like, kind of normal. I feel like she was already crazy. I feel like, like if anything,
2: it just amplified it a bit. Or she just thrived off the situation. Like,
3: Yeah, I feel like she was like, this is my comfort zone. I'm good here. She was like, oh, this is a casual Saturday. (laughs) She's
1: the bitch that showed up, immediately punched someone in the cafeteria, and was like, does anyone have any questions? Right.
3: Yeah, I think the Dementors probably, like, report back to her. Um, but (laughs) going back to what you said about the prisons, it reminded me, and I don't know how you all feel about the Fantastic Beast films, or if you've seen them, but there is a prison in the, like, American Ministry of Magic. So maybe there are, like, other prisons that are less crazy, or where, like, could be other well, there's prisons. no way
0: the American prison is less crazy. It's, it's gotta <laughs> be some well, other, it's gotta be like the And this, French it's just people guarding it,
3: and it was pretty damn easy for Grindelwald to break out. So, perhaps, yeah. if we're, like, counting this as canon or not, we can just, like, assume that there are other prisons that maybe are just yeah. guarded by regular old Joe wizards. But then I also just feel like, because we're dealing with wizards, and because magic exists in this universe, it's like, you kind of have to put the max effect of like, blockage to get out, because otherwise I'm a wizard and I'm going to figure it out.
0: Mm. That's true. Do y'all like tried The Last Airbender?
3: Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah.
0: Have you seen The Legend of Korra?
3: Yeah. She probably has. I don't know if I have. I have,
0: yeah. <laughs> There's, like, this one season where, like, they're breaking all these benders out of jail, and, like, the waterbender is, like, in this, like, arid, like room I, I kind of forget but they're all in like super like they all need crazy. specialized prisons yeah it's like you're not gonna get any water including in your body like you're gonna be like a mummy and like uh i'm trying to remember the other ones i just remember that one hot bitch with the water arms
1: the firebenders they lock in ice
0: yeah i just remembered the hot bitch with the water arms she's so cool she's a lot <laughs> she's so
1: cool <laughs> I think regardless here, we can all agree that Bertie Crouch actually kind of gets off easy. Yeah. Like, they say it's a fate worse (laughs) than death, but, like, is it worse to be driven insane or to, like, just become a vegetable?
0: Uh, I don't know if we're equipped for that conversation. I mean, I feel like he got off
3: easy originally with his dad kind of being corrupt mundo and doing a switcheroo with his wife. And then Winky just kind of, like bending to his every whim and will and fighting for him to have more freedom. And that, in my opinion, he got off easy there. So he's just kind of like, I don't know. I don't want to say he thinks he's like invincible or indestructible, but he's definitely just like, obviously he is mad.
1: Well, now he just doesn't think.
2: I mean, even if he had gone back to Azkaban, like had a confession, a fair trial, went back to Azkaban, he would have broken out the next year anyway. Mm-hmm. so yeah
0: that's a good point under bellatrix's wing <laughs> yeah
2: he would have just flown with the
3: her
0: or she would have killed him in there
3: because she didn't want any competition
1: for being voldemort's oh. favorite <laughs> or like maybe he also could have been kissed in azkaban i've I, we've seen people get sentenced to azkaban we've never seen people get sentenced to smooching <laughs> do we also like
2: know for sure after the dementors kiss they just let him chill there This sounds really bad. I feel like
0: they just push him into the sea.
1: Honestly. (laughs) Wow.
0: See, and it's like, just kill him at that point. Maybe they just
1: put him in a Matrix pod and they use their magic to power (laughs) the world around them.
0: Can you tell that Brooke and I watched the Matrix three days ago?
3: (laughs) I actually just had a conversation with somebody about needing to see that movie, but... I feel like we're probably, you're probably going to get some people being like, "Mm, you guys should know this, you're wrong. There's probably some explanation somewhere that we just like aren't hitting and that's fine, that's whatever. Oh
0: my God, we're wrong on this podcast all the time. All the time. (laughs) Every day. Um, The good
1: news is that our hardcore viewers tend to either like very detailed correct us, but not in a mean way, or they're also just like, that's kind of cool to think about even if it's wrong. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) But
3: I think that we can agree that he was going to get the Dementor's kiss-
0: Regardless,
3: it just would have been preferable
0: yeah. if he could have given his testimony
3: again
2: yeah. before it happened.
0: I mean, yeah, I just can't stop laughing. I'm gonna write a like a romance novel called Smooched in Azkaban.
1: <laughs> <laughs> Sentenced to Smoochin
0: and it's like a Dementor's cloak except for it's like tastefully open at the top and there's just like a rugged hairy dust.
3: well I mean when they first describe it as like sucking silvery I don't know something out of someone's mouth it's like okay well that's graphic, that's it, graphic.
1: it seems like potentially just like a fully unhinged like unthrottled version of like a pensive in a way because it's like it's described very similarly in terms mm. of like your soul getting sucked out v your memories getting sucked out so maybe your memories is just soul
0: my god wow beautiful <laughs> <This is> deep <laughs> that might be the most tender thing you've ever said
1: <laughs> <laughs> thanks <laughs> don't put it on the podcast
0: <laughs> <laughs> okay okay it's time for the standoff dumbledore tells fudge that voldemort has actually in fact returned from whatever. He is ghost form.
1: And Fudge professionally says, I'm putting my fingers in my ears and la 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 la
0: all the way out of the room. <laughs> yeah. During this like back and forth, Fudge starts smiling. That's the worst part to me is that he's like kind of laughing this whole time. And he's like, oh, okay. So you're just going to like believe this insane 14 year old. Like, mm-hmm. okay, Albus. And he's Smiling. (laughs) Yeah.
3: It's very condescending.
0: Have you guys ever, like, been in a fight where the other person thinks it's funny? Like, have you, have you, has this ever happened to you where someone has laughed at you (laughs) while you're fighting?
1: Yeah. I mean, I was a teenage girl. So,
0: (laughs) (laughs) well, two or three days ago, I was shit face drunk and I came home to my husband and I misunderstood a thing and I picked a fight because I misunderstood the thing and I was very drunk and Sean could not make me understand the misunderstanding and he was. He was laughing at me <laughs> and I was, it didn't help the situation
3: right Dumbledore handles it like a pro though he's just like They're, you're a lost cause
0: like I feel like
1: it could be though like you know when like a shitty parent is like well Timmy couldn't have bitten your kid because he's an angel uh-huh. like I could also see that on the <laughs> flip side you know what I mean where it's like all right Dumbledore we all know you really like this kid but like he's saying some pretty wild things here
3: right and Fudge is, like, believing what he's reading in the media
1: about him. But this is also one of those moments where, like, once again, how great would it be if Dumbledore is just like, yeah, well, I'm a illegitimate, so that is why I know it's real.
0: <laughs> the thing is that when it comes down to it, like, this fight, it, it all goes back to Fudge. Because, like, no matter how you look at it, they could have had a definitive answer to this if he hadn't let Barty Crouch get kissed. <laughs> it just sounds adorable every time you say it.
1: Well, it seems like... He- he didn't believe Bertie Crouch either, though, because he was like, well, Bertie Crouch was crazy and he thought that he was like... He basically tried to insinuate that he was having a psychotic break and that he thought that Voldemort was giving him instructions, but clearly that could not be the case.
0: Dude, I think that Fudge did not know that Barney Crouch was like under the influence of Veritaserum because he only heard messages through the telephone. So I think that he was like, oh, well, he's obviously insane because that's a lie. And then like let the kiss happen. And now he learned that other people heard evidence like under Veritaserum and he's like, well, I can't possibly say I was wrong, so I'm just gonna really double down on this.
3: Do they even say that he used Veritaserum? serum? Like, dude, do, does Dumbledore tell Fudge that they use Veritaserum? serum?
0: At some point in this argument, I'm pretty sure he okay. mentions it. I must have- missed I'm pretty
2: it. sure he could have like been in the room while they did this whole testimony with Party Crouch Jr., had Harry give him his whole tale, and he still probably would have not wanted to believe it. I think at this point the Wizarding World has been so rocked by Voldemort before mm-hmm. that he would literally do anything in his power to convince himself and everyone else that, no, Voldemort's not back. There's no way. This is not happening. This is not happening under my, you know, yeah. rule or whatever. Like, absolutely not.
0: But at least if Fudge had been in the room with Dumbledore, Snape, McGonagall, and Harry, as they and, like, Winky and Barty Crush... If they had all been in the room together, even if Fudge didn't want to believe it, I like at least Dumbledore and Company would have been like more in control of the situation at that point. They could have like prevented a dementor from doing anything. So it just sucks that Fudge like let this happen. Like he obviously made a mistake. This was like the wrong thing to do, and he's making it everybody else's problem. <laughs> Why is
1: he so caught up about the parcel mouth thing? Like, I get that it's, like, traditionally associated with dark wizards, but I was also under the impression that it's not a thing you can cultivate or change.
0: It's really, I think, just coming out that, like, I, I think we're realizing that Fudge is a bad guy and he's, like, probably, like, really prejudiced about a lot of stuff. Because he talks about, like, for example, he's like, I needed to take a Dementor with me for protection when I went to interview Barty Crouch Jr., and if anyone else in this castle had needed protection, they would have gone to Hagrid, I think, probably. But he, but Barty, uh, but Fudge would never have gone to Hagrid because I think he's prejudiced, and I think that Parselmouth is like part of part of that. Is he is like this is evil? Well,
2: and I think you know when it was revealed that Harry was a Parselmouth, like everyone was kind of scared of him for a bit. Like I think it's just a thing that it's kind of a dark darker magical thing that happens to very few people that he's just like well i mean how can you believe this kid there's like constantly stuff we don't know about him that's like popping up
0: yeah yeah Yeah, i feel like the last known
3: parcel mouth that most people knew of was voldemort so they just associate it with him and slytherin
0: It would just be really cool if Fudge was, like, a good guy and was, like, I understand that you're 14 and, like, your destiny is not set in stone and the fact that you speak this language doesn't make you an evil person. (laughs) And, like, let's figure it out together. Child with no parents. Who needs guidance?
1: But, like, also, I do at least, like, base level understand why he's not stepping into a role of being, like, a parental figure or a guardian, which, like, Harry's gotten really lucky with a lot of adults in his life being like, I'm willing to mentor you in this moment. Part of that is because he lives in a school. But, like... (laughs) (laughs) Mentors everywhere. (laughs) If you, like, run into a 14-year-old having an episode on the street, you're not going to be like, okay, clearly you need an adult. You're just going to be like, okay, I'm going to call in anyone else.
0: Oh, man, I don't agree. I think 14 is young enough that I would be like, do you need help?
1: But 14 is also old enough that they can, like... Hurt you? Like, I don't
0: think I would like get in there. And they
1: can be shitty and intentional about it. Like fourteen as a freshman in high school, like that's old enough that you can do things like consciously tell lies or try to cover your ass if you accidentally. You can like, consciously your lie when you're five years old. It's my niece proves to me all the time. But <laughs> but you can do it well at
3: fourteen. <laughs> it has
2: been said about Harry in the media now from Rita Skeeter all year long that he's a liar, that he has an inflated ego, that he wants to be on top. He wants all this stuff. So, at this point, like, he's just believing what he's reading. Mm -hmm. And now that Dumbledore on top of it's telling him the darkest wizard of all time has come back and it's the last thing he wants to hear, he just doesn't want to hear it. And he's just like, Mm. no,
3: I'm not believing this kid at face value. I think it's also just, like, a deep-seated insecurity that Fudge has with Dumbledore. He's so afraid. He's. I think he's afraid on two fronts. He's afraid to, like, ally himself with Dumbledore too closely because then people are just going to, like, follow Dumbledore and not him, as they should. Mm -hmm. But then he's also afraid of, like, being on Dumbledore's bad side, as anyone should be afraid. But at this point, he's like, okay, we've reached an impasse. Like, this chapter is literally an impasse. And yeah, while I'm afraid of you and, like, have mad respect for you because I'm afraid of you, like, you're just listening to this 14-year-old who, obviously, we all... We, as in the rest of the Wizarding World, have been reading all these things about. We know about him. Obviously, mm-hmm. he's the boy who lived. But now you're going to tell me that in that maze, somehow Voldemort came back and killed Cedric Diggory? I can't. I gotta draw the line. I can't. You're yeah. fucking with this. And also, like, I don't want you to be the one telling everybody this, and then you become Minister of Magic and take away my power. Because I'm going to need to hold on to that.
0: Yeah, and that totally is just like all fudge because Dumbledore has made it extremely clear that he has no interest in it. Right. Yeah, so Harry's like accusing fudge of reading read a fucking Skeeter. He's like, <laughs> you're saying things that she said, and like I it was perhaps not quite accurate. Maybe you should get your own information. And then perhaps unwisely, but you can't I don't fault Harry for anything he's doing. Pretty much in this whole book. Perhaps unwisely though. He starts, like, naming names of the Death Eaters who were there, and Fudge is like, you dumb idiot, like, you could have just been reading the trials that we did for all the Death Eaters that weren't Death Eaters before.
3: Because that's what we all do in our spare time. We just, like, research people who got off.
0: Yeah, you know, children love that It do, he, It's not good that he starts with Lucius Malfoy, I think, no. is, like, the main move. Start start with, like, a more obscure name. Maybe.
2: Well, and we already know, too, from the past books and everything, that Lucius and Fudge are, like, friends.
0: Yeah. Right. Hate that. Donated
2: lots of money to the school. Respectable family. Blah, 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 blah. Now you're accusing one of his friends of being a Death Eater. I mean, <laughs> you know.
0: Get better friends, Fudge. Yeah. So Dumbledore lays it out, like, straight up. He's, like, literally Voldemort has returned, whether or not you acknowledge it. Like, if you want to, right now, you can control the damage and get ahead of it. If we start right now. And Fudge is like, no. (laughs) And the parallels are not lost on me. (laughs) This is big, like, early COVID energy. Well, even the
1: Rita Skeeter stuff is, like, big current to COVID energy of the whole, like, concept of, you know, media manipulation. Like, all of this felt so... Deeply, deeply relevant. Mm-hmm.
0: <laughs> yeah. Mm-hmm. You know. Yeah, for sure. It's hard to read fudge in this chapter without thinking of Trump, you know.
1: I mean, it's yeah. it's hard to read anything in this chapter without just thinking of it. Like any current event, like the yeah. the general way that things go now. Yeah. Yeah. But I mean, even in other countries, there's like, you know, j- intentional misinformation campaigns. That's a thing we just saw with Russia, you yeah. know, and like the I'm so sorry. My dog has chosen her loudest toy. Can you hear that?
0: <laughs> yeah, but I don't hear her snorting. She's a pug. She's oh a loud Oh, my God. God are all
3: Ravenclaws pregnant and have pugs? <laughs> what the
0: fuck is happening? Oh, do you also have a pug?
3: Yeah, I have two pugs.
0: Yes. <laughs> what are their names?
2: Uh, August and Stanley. Oh, those are
1: excellent pug <laughs> those names. Those are
0: really good Like names. 10
1: out of 10 pug names.
0: <laughs> those are really good names. <laughs> Okay, so Dumbledore is like, "Here's what we're gonna do," and it's like, it's like, it's like Ocean's Eleven heist, like, planning music in the background. Here's what we're gonna do: you're gonna remove the Dementors from Azkaban. You're gonna send on voice to the giants to make a truce, and we're gonna get ahead of this together, right, my man? And if you don't, then we have reached a parting of ways. Dun He said the thing. Okay, so I
1: canonically don't remember anything about reading this series, and, like, I really read the start of this chapter and was like, oh, cool, this is going to be, like, one of those boring, like, Mon chapters where just all of the schools go home. No! (laughs) That's what I thought was happening here. No, that happens in the chapter called The
0: Beginning.
1: I was very alarmed.
0: (laughs) Yeah, Brooke has only read this book series once when it first came out, and this is her first time revisiting it since then. So that's fun. I
1: don't reread books with the again, canonical exception of Twilight Eclipse. <laughs> which I've probably read like eight times. It's the only <laughs> book I've ever reread.
3: If you're gonna reread a Twilight book, that is the one to reread and my Eclipse is the
1: opinion. best of the series. Yes.
0: <laughs> it's- it is. The most ridiculous, for sure. <laughs>
1: I made Michael watch it recently, the movie which he had never seen. Oh it's, boy,
0: it's um, it's extremely special. <laughs> Just the stupid tent. I can't. I we can't get into this. Uh. <laughs> we came home from
1: a family wedding, and like that was what was on TV. I left the wedding early because I was tired, and like Michael came in to see me watching the tent scene. and He was like, "Oh, is this Twilight?" And I was like, "Okay." If you don't know, you're going to have to watch this (laughs) diligently.
0: (laughs) You're like anxiously describing backstory to him like as these weird like tent kiss werewolf moments are happening. She also left
3: the wedding early because she knew Sci-Fi was running a marathon. Let's be real.
0: (laughs) Yeah,
1: it was. It was a Twilight marathon. I was like, I was very happy to catch it on TV. I haven't had cable in ages. (laughs) When I'm in a hotel room, I'm like, Dude, cable is
0: exotic now. Yeah. Cable is very cool. Totally. Where was I? Oh, at an we are at an Airbnb, and I was like, oh, my God, they have cable. <laughs> I'm going to watch some fucking Nickelodeon commercials. Those are amazing.
1: Who the fuck pays for cable at an Airbnb? That seems extra unnecessary.
0: I don't know. Fernando in Florida. I feel like maybe <laughs>
3: I would do that and not have people just, like, logging in to Netflix and Hulu and everything all the time. They had
0: guest accounts for all that stuff, too. This, this was a pretty decked out Airbnb. Wow.
3: Yeah, I don't know. Oh, they yeah. just have money to spend. Must have been a...
0: Nothing but the best for my best friend's uh, bachelorette party. <laughs> it's
3: probably a pretty good income source for them. But... Yeah. Yeah. the the I also wanted to point out the fact that in this chapter, like, all the evidence is being laid out to fudge, and they're, like, recapping what happened, and then he's still not believing them, and Snape just pulls out his fucking dark mark, and he's like, look, bro, do you still not believe yeah. me? Like...
0: It's actually, like, extremely badass. Like, I am a Snape-hater, and, like, pretty much every move he makes, I'm like, you're the worst. But this is a very, an uncharacteristically badass yeah, move. Yeah, I agree. Where he's like, look, I was a Nazi at one point, and here's my proof. Right. And here's like, your proof. It's faded a little bit, because, like, an hour or two has passed, but, like,
3: you can tell that this recently just got, like, fucked up, yeah. so. Yeah. Like, this is the evidence. This is all you should mm-hmm. need. If you don't believe anything else, you should at least see this and believe this. Because you knew that I was indeed a Death Eater.
2: I also think it's, like, a particularly risky move as well. Because right now they know where Fudge's head is at and what direction he's going in. And he's turning on Harry, a literal child. He's turning on Dumbledore. I I mean, you could probably see that coming from a mile away, just from what Sam was saying, just from pure jealousy. But who's to say he's not going to turn on Snape? I mean, and then it would be his word against Dumbledore's that, oh, well, you want to believe Dumbledore? Well, he has a literal Death Eater working for him. So, I mean, to be fair, Fudge also does.
3: Yeah. I do think it's interesting that Snape hasn't faced more, like, controversy ever. Right.
0: Uh, I think everyone already knew that Snape was a No, Death I know, Eater. but he would
3: be, like, refreshing everyone's like, memory. Yeah, you've had a Death Eater under your wing for the past I however see, many right. years. Like, maybe we should point the finger at him. And he's, like, yeah. wielding his dark mark now.
1: I see. <laughs> I feel like maybe he's emboldened by the fact that as Harry's naming names, one of the first things Fudge does, he's just like, well, McNair. And he's like, I literally hired
0: that dude. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, that's true. So in the end, Fudge is like, it can't be true. Fuck this. And leaves. And mm-hmm. on his way out, he gives Harry his winnings from the contest 1,000 galleons.
1: <laughs> just, just as, like, a I've paid my whore moment. <laughs> like, he literally tosses okay. it on the bed. It's like, oh, yeah. He's like, we were going to do a ceremony. You don't deserve it because you killed someone, kind of.
0: Uh, I'm doing a bit, bit of quick math. Just give me a second. I'm not good at it.
1: Are you converting galleons to real people money?
0: It should be easy because it's base 10, but I can't do it. That's a, That's about $6,500.
1: That's not as much as I thought. It's a lot to a kid.
0: Yeah, it is a lot to a kid. It would be nice. I think even today, depending on, because they ultimately, he ultimately gives it to Fred and George. And I think, like, depending on the startup that you're, the kind of startup that could be very helpful to a startup.
3: 6,500? 6, 6,500 yeah, how- is not enough to even, like, get a space. But in the '90s, yeah.
0: Well, and also, it's like they don't need a space. I, I know that they ultimately get a space, but like they don't need the space right away. Like I recently started a, I recently started a startup on zero dollars and zero cents. So like a sixty-five hundred dollars for certain kinds of industries would be really cool. So if it's just like, if it's like six grand to like fuck around and make some dope tricks to like start to just get your supplies money.
3: to start like making inventory, and then you can yeah, start selling, exactly. and then you get a space, and then you. Start branding and marketing and all of that stuff.
0: If you're doing like a crazy software startup, I don't know anything more about software to make that more specific in Silicon Valley. (laughs) No, that's not going to go very far. But for a craft, like jokes, sure.
1: (laughs) I guess we've never really looked into what the materials cost of like a joke
0: (laughs) wand is. Yeah, it's made out of, what is it made out of? It'd probably be a lot
3: right now, depending on, you may not even be able to make it right now. can't. You cannot get a copier or a printer that prints in color right now. There aren't any Whoa, that exist in the that's world. Wild.
0: that's wild. It's crazy. Oh, grateful I already have one. Right? <laughs> <laughs> I'm like petting it. It's right here.
1: <laughs> Don't tie me now, baby. <laughs>
0: <laughs> so Dumbledore turns to the room and says there's work to be done. Molly, can we count on you and Arthur? Of course you fucking can. Of course you can. We're talking about the Weasleys. You can count on them. That's the main thing about them.
1: (laughs) What if Molly in this moment was like, I've actually got a lot of main plate right now. Actually, no, you can't. Like, we got a vacation plan. Like, (laughs) Albus, in the time between last time you called us up and now I have had seven children.
0: Well, luckily, some of them are old enough to work now. So Bill volunteers to go to Arthur so they can start alerting allies within the Ministry of Magic. Dumbledore... And we're, we're do, like, Dumbledore's doing it, dude. He's we're, he's like, we're doing all of this. He sends McGonagall to bring Hagrid and Madame Maxime to his office, ostensibly, so that he can talk to them about going to visit the Giants. He sends Madame Pomfrey to go get Winky, who is still in mad Moody's office after witnessing all of the confession, witnessing Barty Crouch get his soul sucked out, and she's just still there. She's just, she's just still chilling. Quite
1: distraught. <laughs>
0: once what the again fuck? it's
1: literally just three straight chapters of like let's look at a variety of trauma responses <laughs> like
0: i hate this for her um so he's like do what you can for her i don't know who cares take her to the kitchen.
1: do you have like a potion that could make her um i don't know maybe forget like the last six or so years
0: <laughs> do you have a potion that can make her like stop crying and start working because that would be great
1: do you just have, like, like a little thumb-thumb you could slip her that's not lightly alcoholic drinks? I was
0: just about to say the opposite. Do you have maybe, like, a handle of bourbon you could just give her? <laughs> and it'll resolve itself. So Dumbledore invites Sirius. They're, they're all still in the hospital wing, like um, Ron, Hermione, uh, and Mrs. Weasley. I said all. I guess that's it. And Dumbledore. <laughs> that's the crew. Oh, no. And Sirius and Snape. And Snape There's yeah. a lot of people. So Dumbledore's like, show yourself. And then the dog is like, jokes on you, I'm a hot, uh, older gentleman.
1: Well, Molly's literally like, serious black. And Ron <gasps> serious black. does not, literally goes, mom, shut up. And I'm like, <laughs> smack that boy. What the fuck? You just didn't tell Molly to Weasley to shut up?
0: Very funny to me. <laughs> well, I mean, it, he knows that he's innocent. So she's like screaming his name. It's like not a good look. Also, like, how has
1: uh, Snape not caught on to this before now? Like, I understand that we were doing some things and that probably has something to do with it, but Snape's literally just like, oh, yeah, I, I just now realized that really familiar-looking dog is here.
0: Yeah, like, that really familiar-looking dog whose thoughts I've been reading this whole year who just wants more chicken? Like, what?
1: Literally, what?
3: <laughs> I feel like he also and maybe i'm like getting my wires crossed because we're reading all the young dudes which is like prequel canon but it kind of feels like he knew that like he had the idea that they were all like unregistered anime guy anamegis i've never known with the plural form of is, but i think it's
0: i think it's jim dale who says anamagi yeah and his voice <laughs> just talked about this in our last podcast episode, the way he really? pronounces some
3: things. I'm like,
0: what are you doing? <laughs> it just very he's very he's got that flourish like he is dramatic. Yeah,
3: it catches me off guard sometimes. But either way, I feel like Snape had an idea what was happening because he followed them into the Whomping Willow and they all had to have been like transformed before they went into the Whomping Willow.
0: Maybe Snape, like, didn't notice there was a dog in the room.
3: Or maybe he just, like, didn't have the specifics of, like, it was that huge shaggy black dog and I, like, can see his eyes and tell it's the same one.
2: I think even if he knew that in the back of his head that was serious, he wasn't playing two and two together at this point, and he still blindly hates him. So he was
3: just like, this bitch. Right, he just feels, like, betrayed by Dumbledore in this moment that Dumbledore even, like, has Sirius He's like, I thought I was your number one. Well, after last year when Snape thought that he had caught Sirius and he was going to be the one to hand him over, he's just like, okay. So this whole time I thought it was just Potter who let Sirius go out of these doors and like figured out how to do it. But now I see Dumbledore actually had a hand in it because Dumbledore knows
1: who this is. Which
0: explains why I couldn't figure it out. Because Harry's not smarter than me, but Dumbledore sure is.
1: I mean, bonus that might help with Dumbledore's command to kiss and make up immediately after this (laughs) happens is that he did at least just hear the Veritaserum confession and, like, Harry's explanation that, like, Wormtail was the one that brought Mm -hmm. the Dark Lord back. So it does definitely lend some additional credibility
0: to Sirius's
1: side of things.
0: Yeah, for sure. Yeah, Dumbledore's, like, uh, so as a reminder... In case you forgot, Snape and Sirius Black hate each other from school because yep,
2: they hate each other very James, much.
0: Pretty much. Because they fucking antagonists. It's a serious kind of antagonist, too. But Dumbledore's like, you will shake hands. You are on the same side now. So they do. Wouldn't you?
1: I mean, yeah, but like, I don't know.
0: I I mean, you, know, you would to feel good about it. I'd do it with an attitude. <laughs>
1: I'm trying to think if there's anyone I hate in my life this consistently and this much that I would care.
0: I know it takes me like right back to like getting cheated on in high school and like hating that woman so much. But now as an adult, I'm like, oh, poor, sweet child. We were both better than yeah. him. What the fuck? I can him. <laughs> yeah. I
1: can't, can't compute. I found out my high school boyfriend was cheating on me with another girl and we just had a threesome.
0: <laughs> I wasn't quite ready for that in high school. I still had a lot of jealousy feelings to work through. I don't know. I think I'm, what I'm saying is that's the last time I've hated someone so much.
1: That's fair. I hated Margaret, but that was just because she was unnecessarily rude to me on the cheerleading Margaret. Squad. Oh, my God. Like, we're
0: coming for you, Margaret. It just comes
1: right back to, like, it shouldn't be this big of a deal. You guys are whole adults. <laughs> you guys are whole adults. Like, both of them need to let it go. I mean, Sirius at least has something more, like, recent to be pissed about with him trying yeah. to, like, intentionally get him Dementor kissed. But, like, I don't know. Snape kind of feels like he's, he has no ground to stand on right now. Yeah, He's just
0: a grumpy boy. That's pretty immature. So, yeah. Yeah, I mean, I think both of these men are pretty emotionally immature. It's literally
3: like, dude, that was high school. Like, can we get over yes.
0: it? Yep. Um. Dude, that was high school. That woman you're in love with, man... Was I so she
3: didn't love
1: you. you. So well, it's also didn't. one of those things where it's like Dumbledore is, you know, like he's seen petty teenage bullshit for what, like 80 some odd years now? One more. million
0: years. So it's yeah. like for
1: him, he's like, especially like, hey, guys, like, c- come on. If Voldemort being back can't make you guys shake hands and kind of chill, then like, what the fuck is wrong with both right. of you?
0: Right. Yeah. So Dumbledore instructs Sirius Black to alert, quote, the old crowd, unquote, who apparently consists of only Lupin, Mrs. Arabella Fig, and Mundungus Fletcher. Old
3: dung head. Yep. Uh-huh. Yeah, I guess so. I was trying.
0: I was like, surely there's someone else. They're all dead.
3: That's all he names. And then they're supposed to, like, group at Lupin's house or something. But then I'm, I think about it, and I'm like, well, it's really just, like... The Weasleys and the rest of the Aurors. That's it. That's yeah. all of the Order of the Phoenix. Yeah. So,
0: Yeah, so because uh, Arthur is ostensibly going to contact the Aurors who are into it because they're at the Ministry. And then Dumbledore's is like, lay low at Lupin's. Um, so Ceres turns back into a dog and peace is out. Cool exit. I'm a dog now. That's like a great exit.
1: <laughs> and like, I hate it. I did hate, like, genuinely, it made me mad that, like, there's a throwaway line where it's like he sprints to the door and then opens it the with paw. a paw. I'm oh like, my God. Fuck that. No, absolutely <laughs> fuck that. That's
0: <laughs> no, it was, um, it was the like, it wasn't like a twisty knob. It was like a down, like you would find in a regular high school, not an old timey castle high school.
1: Even then, you're assuming that the door opens out and...
0: of Oh my oh. god! All doors should open out because of the because of the crash bars from the triangle shirtwaist fire. Oh. I think all doors open out.
1: I'm, I'm sorry. You think the triangle shirtwaist factor has something to do with the building code at Hogwarts?
0: <laughs> okay, Regardless, I it was, was just, just kind of like a cheesy
3: line that she. I was like, threw
0: I, I don't it. mention <laughs> it at all. No, I love it. No. Dude, you love
1: that he has a paw patrol moment at the last minute yes, yes i love
0: it so much. just let him go he's an adult like you said he could get out the door by himself
1: like at least go over as a human deal with the door situation <laughs> and then transform you don't have to be a dog for this moment man use your thumbs
0: that's, like, there's a chapter where he is a dog and he's carrying a newspaper in his mouth and he transforms into a human before he takes the newspaper out of his mouth. It's, like, he mm-hmm. doesn't really think about mm-hmm. it. Because he's, he's, like, half dog at this point. I know
1: he's really blurred the line between animal and human at this juncture, but it still feels a little unnecessary.
0: <laughs> okay, so next, this moment I think is pretty cool. I almost... I, th- I think I said this exact thing earlier in this episode, but, like, I literally almost never am, like, on board... I, I'm almost never happy to see Snape in a scene. I'm almost never like, yeah, cool move. You did that. Like, good for you. But Dumbledore says, Severus, you know what I must ask you to do if you are ready, if you are prepared. And Snape's like, yep, I'm out. And he like, I punched my microphone because I'm enthusiastic. And he fucking goes to Voldemort, to be like, I'm here, and I'm ready. Oh my god, I love it. Yeah. I love it. It's very dramatic.
1: <laughs> hey, dude, saws about the earlier thing, but um I'm hearing
0: that. I'm here now. And I
1: also love that they say that Dumbledore, like,
3: says good luck, and then has this look of apprehension on his face, because, like, yeah, really, he doesn't worried. know if Snape's gonna come back from this. Like, Snape could go to Voldemort, and Voldemort could just
1: kill him. So he's like, well... Good luck. Especially because his motivation was so tied up in just being mad about Lily and like he's proven in his treatment of Harry and his subsequent treatment of Sirius that, like he's not really in for the protection of Harry. He doesn't
3: really believe yeah. in the cause. Yeah. Yes. So yeah. Um, and then it's also like I hope that you have beefed up your occlumency skills because like you're about to be put to the test right now. Mm-hmm. So it's almost like he's I asking
1: think- are you ready like in here? To go back there? Well And there's also the flash forward of like, are you ready? Because there's a high chance you'll have to kill
0: me. Oh, yeah. Well, no, that doesn't happen yet, though. Because that, that starts when he gets his fang- his ring.
1: Mm-hmm. That's true. That's yeah. True. He doesn't know about but, that. But yet.
0: like, just like, are you ready for whatever this might be? So like, I, I've i always like, Snape, Snape's bad. Like, he's a bad guy. He's a bad dude. His backstory's bad. His redemption arc's bad. Like, it's all bad. That's how I feel. But... I really enjoy his double agent story. Like that Mm -hmm. to me is so cool. And if he had had a better motivation for doing that, like maybe being like very real in love with James Potter who reciprocated it just as like a random example. I think that a more compelling motivation would have made his double agent story even cooler Mm -hmm. because I love when he's a double agent. That's so fun. Is he good? Is he bad? We don't know. I wish we saw more of it. I yeah. feel like we spend more yeah. time with
1: Frank in this book than we get of <laughs> like Snape's double agent time.
0: Yeah. It's-, it's true, but Snape's doing Snape's just being deputy to the deputy headmistress in this book. Like he's really not doing anything. He's just like, "I'm here however I can help Dumbledore."
3: <laughs> and Emily and I have talked about this multiple times that yeah. We feel like Snape is a bad person, but he's a really good character like he's a very complex compelling interesting character who like you hate because of who he is and the choices that he makes and how he comes across and how he's just a child abuser but he has the most depth of almost any character in this series of how much we could unpack
0: it's super true my only complaint is that like if he's such a good character give him a good character arc you know like Zuko from Avatar, The Last Airbender.
2: Right. There are a few character arcs like Zuko's, though. It's true. But I, yeah, I'm, I'm not a Snape fan at all. And I, he is a good character. I, I do stand by that. I just, I really think that there's also few other characters who would put themselves in such a situation where, like, he could really die at any time. Yeah. It would take one slip up, like one bad day and he's just gone.
0: You know, he's very courageous. And it's some that's something that you don't usually associate with him. Like that's not a term that you would usually give to Snape, but like he really is. He's very courageous for like doing this.
3: And I also feel like he doesn't really have shit to lose. Like Well, that's no, true too. He doesn't. <laughs> yeah.
0: So Dumbledore leaves to meet with the Diggeries. Bad day, guys. Huh? Right. Yeah. <sighs> So then, Mrs. Weasley encourages Harry to take the rest of his sleeping potion. And she's like, No jealousy at all. Think about what you're going to buy with your winnings, you rich prick of a child. No, no, she's feeling very matronly in this moment. And like the guilt sort of overcomes Harry. And Mrs. Weasley just like hugs him a mother's hug. And he's never really been hugged like that before. And maybe she should have hugged him like that before now. Mm-hmm.
1: I feel like she's been working really hard up to this point to not overstep her boundaries. You know oh, what I mean? yeah. And like, this is the point where she's like, this is a broken baby.
0: You know mm-hmm. what I mean? Yeah. Gotta hug it. Don't know what else to do. Mm-hmm.
2: It's like at this point, it's all he needs. It's just some like physical affection. And while they don't know if it's going to be okay, just for her to be like, it, it'll it be fine. It, like, it'll be okay. Yeah. At least for now.
0: If this were one of my adult friends who had experienced this level of trauma, that's when I would come in and be like, do you want food? Do you want weed? Do you want booze? Do you want candy? Do you want a movie? Do you want a walk? What do you want? I'll give you a hug. Well, and then like in the middle
1: of this really tender moment, we literally just get like a we hear like a slap at the window and a slam. uh, it's It's like boom. Right. And then it's Hermione turns around and everyone's like, "Uh," and she's like nothing. You good? (laughs) It's very
0: funny. She literally is just like, uh,
1: Nothing at all. Nothing.
0: (laughs) Yeah, nothing to see here. Don't worry about this. What's in my hand? Um. And like, I'm doing like, okay, so what she did is she caught Rita Skeeter as a beetle in her hand. And like, I'm thinking, I'm I'm doing like a, I'm doing an air pocket in my fist right now. This is, this is not a lot of space for a beetle to be in if they also cannot escape. Like, she must have immediately like ran to go resolve this because- It's probably tickling, maybe biting. Yeah, I don't think
3: I would have been able to do it. I can't handle, like, creepy-crawly creatures. So I would have had to figure out a way to, like, get a jar before I captured her. Uh, Yeah. I cannot touch
0: it. You would have had to, like, act like you didn't notice her and then, like, casually go get one of those, like, little hospital cups of water and then, like, get her.
3: Yeah, or, like, a glove or something and i don't know but yeah it,
0: no you still have to if you're wearing a glove you still have to grab it
3: well i would have like put her in the glove like blown up the glove and then dropped her inside
0: <laughs> i don't
3: know <laughs> like, I mean, I love but i'm like do they even have gloves in the hospital wing? i don't know but i no, would have like no way. they have like an empty potion bottle somewhere i don't know but i would not have uh, been able to touch fair. her so props to hermione <laughs> on being able to touch the bug yeah. yeah but
2: also like thank god she had figured that out yeah. Oh, my goodness. Because, yeah. like, could she you everything. imagine
3: yeah.
2: how different things could have turned out had Hermione not been on her A-game and not figured out her secret, like, shit would have hit the fan real, real fucking quick. Mm-hmm. And it would have been a nightmare to come back from.
0: I'm like wondering, like, did Hermione notice it in that moment or like, was she sneaking up to the beetle or like, I really wish we could see her like, I want to, I want to see like a three minute short of her like noticing and like trying to figure it out.
1: I feel like this whole time she was like, this is a high drama moment. Certainly there is a beetle in this room and I must Ooh, find yeah. it. You mm-hmm. know? Yeah.
0: Mm-hmm. yeah, you're right about that. It's not like
1: anyone was like focused on anything else. I mean, to be honest, this is one of those moments where Hermione is coming in with a hundred percent of the emotional intelligence that none of the other characters possess to be like all right I need to be like swift and I need to resolve the situation I need to do it without causing a scene because it's not the most important thing right now but it is a thing that needs to be dealt with I mean she literally holds it in
3: her like pocket in her purse or whatever (laughs) until they're on the train home but I also feel like she was the only one who had the foresight to be like thinking about nobody outside of this room can hear this information in yeah. this way right now
0: wow so much stuff serious black and snape's dark mark and like the fucking grandpa fight like there's a lot there's been a lot harry takes his potion and passes out once more and for the second time in my life i'm glad to see him go go to sleep sweet sweet child
1: yeah, it's a lot for little buddy at this point I mean like I like the saddest thing for me because it's such a 14 year old boy moment is like he's clearly about to cry and the one thing that he thinks is I wish Ron wasn't here to see Yeah,
0: this. <laughs> especially like with the old mom hug it's just like I don't have to be strong here in your bosom
1: yeah I just I don't know it was just one sort of those things where I was like ah. Really? We're going to deal with this right now. Right. Like, homie, you can cry. <laughs> your friend should
3: be able to see you cry and you mm-hmm. feel okay doing it.
1: You've trusted your friends to do so much shit with you to date. Like, yeah, like you
2: guys have almost died together, like, many times. Like, you right. can cry in front of Ron. You can
3: process fun. your feelings together. Yeah.
0: I, like, wish he would. I think it would be good for him to just really, like, fall But no, you can ball later, just go to sleep again. That's a whole
3: other conversation about how Harry never really learned how to process his feelings or trauma, but...
1: Well, uh, Harry hasn't had a lot of role models in
3: that regard. Right, he's been forced to repress them. It's a wonder he didn't turn into an obscurious.
0: Fucking, I'm sure Ginny teaches him eventually, because that's (laughs) what women be doing. They be therapists.
1: (laughs) Certainly no amount of, like, I don't know what wizard therapy entails, but certainly no amount of therapy, even magically assisted, can deal with what Harry Potter has gone through in his lifetime. No,
0: no one's equipped. Sam, is there anything in this chapter that we missed that you want to circle back to? Any, like, favorite moments or themes you want to drive home?
3: Mm, I feel like we pretty much covered everything. Like I said before, I love this chapter, not... Because it's like super action packed, but because it's just a lot of dialogue, heavy lifting, Mm -hmm. and I think it's some of the best writing that we see from J.K. Rowling in a while. And like you all said before, it just kind of like elevates the tone, and we're just like we live here now. This is yeah where the book stays. Um, Yeah, but I think it kind of was elevated anyways when
0: Cedric died. But it's like
3: now the political tension is going back. Yeah. Yeah.
0: Uh, we're, this, we're just doing this. You, there's no relief.
3: Yeah, I really like the, the sharp turn of the series yeah. at this moment.
0: Yeah, especially thinking about how fun the chapter titled The Third Task was. Just like, la ni da doing a task, <laughs> winning a contest with my friend. I'm a genius. And just, I figured out the spider. <laughs> <laughs> Amazed at his own brilliance, I think, is the direct quote. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> so, Emily, do you have any final words about the chapter? Any favorite moments? things you want to go back to
2: um I think we covered it all yeah I mean the fourth book is really where the tone kind of shifts uh the death of Cedric it's not a kid's story any longer and in this chapter it's more political now too so there's like two different realms that we're learning are going to be different and I think in this chapter Harry has to grow up I mean, he has to grow up really fast anyway (laughs) throughout his entire time at Hogwarts. But in this chapter, I think he has aged at least a couple years. Yeah. And he's also learning that you can't trust every adult that's in your life, which I think he already knew, but not to this extent, because I think within the wizarding world, for the most part, I mean, he did trust a lot of, you know, professors and officials and he he I don't think he was like a fan of Fudge. I think he thought he was a little bit weird, but I don't think he ever thought that he couldn't trust him, mm-hmm. um, especially with the way that he was met with compassion in the last book um, by Fudge. So, yeah, I I like this chapter because it, it does show a different side of the professors and kind of starts the war, mm-hmm. basically. Yeah, this is the totally. beginning of the war. And also has a bit of foreshadowing with how difficult the next book Jumping in will be not only emotionally, but with kind of the perception of the wizarding world and what they have of Harry on their mind.
3: I also feel like this is like Harry's nightmare being realized, like his nightmare is coming to life. I think he says even in Flesh, Blood and Bone or the Death Eaters, one of the chapters before this that, you know, he had seen Voldemort's face like in his nightmares for the past three years and now Voldemort is standing in front of him. It's like, oh shit, it's getting real. And in this chapter, he's like, not only is it getting real, but the people in charge aren't listening. So (laughs) this is like a double nightmare. So it's just like the end of this chapter, I think you, as a reader, in the end of this book, you're just like, well, okay. So how how do we resolve this from here? Yeah. Right. Yeah, I feel like a lot of the other books
2: end with like what you guys said. Like we get we get the Dumbledore resolution moment, we get the hospital wing, and then we get the hope and uplifting music at the end. Like
3: going back to the Dursleys for two months until I go to the Weasleys and go back to Hogwarts. Yeah. Right.
0: Yeah.
2: And in this one, it's just like, well, my worst nightmare has come, and whatever's coming comes. What and I, it was not received in the way in which I think. Harry really thought, like, if Voldemort ever does come back, people are going to believe me. Like, yeah. Like, I've now done heroic things for multiple years, and, like, I really think I have a good, like, reputation with these people. And that's just, like, unfortunately not what he's met with.
0: Well, and that's just, like, one of the worst feelings in the world, yeah. I think, is thinking you're going to get support from a certain place and then real- realizing that you're you're not getting that support, whether it be, like, your friend not having your back or, like, teachers or a boss.
2: And being reminded that, like, he's a kid. Yeah. Because I, I think, you know, Fudge does choose his words kind of carefully there, and, like, uh-huh. it's very pointed. Like, he's a 14-year-old kid. Mm-hmm. Like, yeah. don't believe him. and. I think at this point he's like, okay, well, you believed me <laughs> of all these other things. Right. And now I'm not credible.
3: Well, especially when it's something that is this serious and it's like, how can you not Sears. see the truth here? Right. Like, how do you yeah. not yeah. believe me?
0: Uh, well, and there's just a lot of evidence.
3: Right. It's, I <laughs> right. mean, and again, it's I go terrible. back to, I feel like I'm a broken record. And this is why we <laughs> sometimes we just say these things once, but it's like, I feel like it's a political commentary of like for sure how people can just believe the things they do. And you're like, but I
0: don't get it. How? like Yeah. But what about evidence? And you don't logic? see the evidence? <laughs> no, the end of this book is depressing. No, for sure. That's I mean, I, I don't know how I'm going to make the next chapter at the end of the book. Feel good to our listeners, but damn it, I'm going to fucking try. So just everybody not your That's not your
3: cross to bear. You're just... (laughs) It's part of the series. Yeah, Yeah.
0: We'll see how many dick jokes we can incorporate. That always lightens the mood if he throws him dick jokes. That's the very first thing we did after Voldemort came back is we were like, let's get some dick jokes in there. Do you think he's hung? He's standing there naked. What does his dick look like?
3: (laughs) No, I don't think so. I think he probably has a tiny penis.
0: (laughs) (laughs) A little little tiny garden snake? Yeah,
3: I mean... (laughs) There's a reason his
0: actions are the way that they are. (laughs) Well, are you all ready to move on to plugs? Yeah. Sure. Awesome. Well, can one or both of you remind us what your podcast is and where we can find it?
2: Yeah. So our podcast is Harry Potter and the Half Drunk Podcast. And you can find us on social media at HPHalfDrunk or HPHalfDrunk.com. And we are on Instagram and Twitter.
0: Hell yeah.
3: And you can listen to us any way that you listen to a podcast so you can just google <laughs> right. us and click on a link and you will find us
0: so sam do you want people to find your your personals on the internet or just the podcast you can
3: find my personal um my instagram is at sam hang loose loose l-u-s-e is my last name um i don't tweet so you can't find me there
0: <laughs> okay perfect And what's something you've been watching, playing, listening to, reading lately that you think the listeners of our podcast would enjoy?
3: Um, So I am in a book club and I read a bunch of different books um, every year, every month. So recently I just finished reading A River Enchanted. It's a fantasy book. And I think the way that it ended, there's going to be a series and it was pretty good. Mm -hmm. But I also read the Seven... Husbands of Evelyn Hugo, which...
0: Yeah! Have you read that? Yeah. Yeah,
3: loved it. (laughs) It went a completely different way than I was expecting, but I loved it. And then... Same. I also just read um, Where the Crawdads Sing, because they're making a movie out of it. And Mm -hmm. recently a friend told me that maybe the author is a little uh, controversial or like a little canceled, and I didn't know that, but the book was really good. And since we have practiced separating author from book before... Um, I still like the <laughs> <Yeah>. books. <laughs> I to would recommend ways.
0: it. Well, cool. I'm glad you liked it. Emily, what about you? Do you want people to find you on the internet or just the pod?
2: Uh, sure. My handle on Instagram is Emily underscore bod, B-H-A-D-E. Um, it is private, so you'll have to request me. Um, and then it's up to me to whether I approve <laughs> that or not. But I usually do. Um, and then I recently finished song of achilles and if you have not read that book please do yourself a service and go get that book i could not put it down it is beautifully written and also if you have not read pachinko it's a really good book and now there's a series on apple plus or apple tv and it's all about uh, japan and their occupation of korea which i did not really know much about until i read the book so historical and entertaining
0: Is that by Min Jin Lee? Yes. Awesome. Cool. Well, thanks so much for the recommendation. Brooke, what about you? Where can people find you on the internet? Uh, You
1: can find me on Instagram at Passion4Parks. You can find me on Twitter at Grumpy Brooke. I'm going to go real basic here and just be like, if you haven't yet watched Bridgerton.
0: (laughs) I I thought you were going to say Twilight Eclipse.
1: (laughs) No. No. If you haven't watched Bridgerton... Clear your schedule, make yourself a hot cup of cocoa, do it in the bath, get yourself a bath bomb from Lush,
0: <laughs> binge the whole thing. <laughs> that's, nice. That's
1: my official recommendation.
0: Hell yeah. Have you seen the second season?
1: Yeah. And, uh, yeah.
0: And we mean we still recommend it just as much? Uh, yeah. It's
1: a completely different style to the first season. It's a cool. slow burn.
0: Oh, good for them.
1: Yeah. So good. though. That's <laughs> worth it.
0: Awesome. Thanks so much. Well, I've been your host, Christina. You know where to find me. Um, I would love to plug our Patreon. For as little as a dollar a month, you can become a patron of the restricted section. You'll be able to join our online Discord community, which is a very fun place to be with lots of friends just waiting to be your friend. Um, okay, perfect. Crushed it. Um, We also do bonus episodes for our $5 a month and up tiers. And for our May bonus episode, we're doing a what if episode where we ask ourselves what if major plot points in the series had gone differently. I think that's already a thing. I've heard that that's a thing or maybe that's like a Marvel thing and not a Harry Potter thing, but we're fucking doing it. So get on over there. I would also love to plug. I don't think I've plugged. Yet, Our Flag Means Death on HBO Max. It's the gay pirate show. It's incredibly good. <laughs> I have not heard of this. What, really? It's Taiko Atiti and that other guy whose name I can't remember because I always it's think it's the rise, other guy.
1: That's Rise, not
0: Davies. Not Davies. <laughs> Darby. Darby. Derby, Derby or Darby? Means Darby. Okay, great. It's just like incredibly funny and sharp and smart and like irreverent and sexy. I <laughs> love it. Great. Oh, also, this is very important. Y'all know that 2022 is the age of Cage and I've been watching every single Nick Cage movie this year. Um, you know what that means? That means obviously I've already seen his brand new movie, The Unbearable Weight of Massive Talent and that was incredibly funny featuring a very endearing Pedro Pascal so I recommend that one as well so you, you got some homework to do you got some books to read you got some s- movies to watch you got stuff to do Sam and Emily thank you so much for joining us today we so appreciate your helping us wrap up this like most most sad of chapters truly
3: yeah thanks for having us yeah thanks for having us on
0: and hopefully um, hopefully next week we'll be okay <laughs>
1: Yeah, we'll have to recover. Um, <laughs> I believe in us.
0: <laughs> but you know that after we finish the series, we'll do a wrap-up episode, we'll do a film comparison episode, and then we'll dive right into some bonus content for the summer. So there's a lot of fun stuff to do. Maybe we're, re- we're going to release our My Immortal bonus episode on the main feed, The fav- oh. my favorite episode <laughs> we've ever done.
1: <laughs> yeah, that's a, that's a dive. <laughs>
2: yeah. Yeah, we barely got into that one. We were like... Mm. Ooh, we us. got
0: into it too far. No, I got into it far enough for the for all of us. Like, don't worry. <laughs> <laughs> all right, gang, I got to go finish reading A Thousand Ways to Spend A Thousand Galleons before this book sucks my soul out. <laughs> Bye. Bye. The Restricted Section is stoked to be a member of the Movie Night Crew Podcast Network, featuring some excellent other podcasts, such as Fandom's Gone Wrong, A podcast where Carrie and Charlie, a mother and kid duo, talk about movies, TV shows, and books they both love, and it will probably devolve into friendly arguments. Hello, you awesome nerds out there. Yes, you. Have I got the podcast for you.
1: We've got pop culture, swearing, and all the immature jokes you could ask for.
0: We'll take you on a journey through TV shows, movies, books, and maybe a video game someday. And we'll tell you how they all went
1: wrong. I'm Charlie. And I'm Carrie. And this... Is Phantoms gone wrong? New episodes every other Wednesday, wherever you get your podcasts.
0: The Restricted section was created by me, Christina Kahn, based on the book series by J.K. Rowling. All music by Ryan Kahn. Logo by Michael Hardison. Support us on Patreon.com slash Restricted Section. For as little as a dollar a month, you can gain access to our Discord community server, which is a really happy place to be. And there are other rewards as well, such as bonus episodes and Zoom happy hour hangouts. Be sure to follow us on Instagram at Restricted Section Pod, on Twitter at Restricted Pod, and on Facebook at Restricted Section Pod. Also, feel free to shoot us an email at RestrictedSectionPod at gmail.com to share your thoughts, feelings, complaints, conspiracy theories, or even lavish praise. And we are an explicit podcast, so feel free to swear if that's your thing, but no pressure.
2: Yeah, I'm glad because, like, we don't have filters.
0: (laughs) Perfect.
1: That movie sucked. I kind of liked it.
3: Movie Night Crew Network.